All right, everybody, welcome to the 334th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Sage chilling here live and direct. Can you hear me? One second. Yes, you can. All right, this is Sage live and direct. My mixer didn't have any color, so I was worried. I'm live and direct talking about the Portland Trailblazers with my good buddy Dustin, and... You know, it's been a long year, so it's it's time to reflect on what has happened with these Portland Trailblazers. First off, start, cut, bench, Halloween candy, Valentine's candy, Easter candy, because they there is a difference. And I want to know what you would do. Uh, Halloween candy. What were valentine's yep and easter i was eating these uh easter uh sour patch kids because i've bought a bag but i think i think i think i like valentine's day more because i feel like easter is a very uh uh very uh marshmallow forward and i might not be the biggest fan of it okay so start bench cut yeah that order the order you gave valentine's uh, halloween easter halloween halloween valentine's easter okay so i'm starting easter candy easy because the cadbury mini eggs with the uh-huh. the coated shell mm-hmm. those only come out once a year and those are just incredible I am also a fan of the cream egg as well. <laughs> they are marshmallow forward, so I do I do like the chocolate and the marshmallow. Um, Halloween, I'm going to bench delicious. Very, I, I am a candy corn guy. So in the Valentine's, I just feel like there's no, there's no like when you think of Valentine's candy, you think of just like regular chocolates. Like I can get that year round. So I, I think I would cut Valentine's um candy but yeah i mean i can buy chocolate whatever but if my valentine gives me chocolate there's a difference like isn't it i guess i guess the 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 scheduling yeah okay i get it halloween gets a bonus though because it's if your kid is free right so you just go out and you get free candy so i can understand halloween being number one as as well but it also is free for easter like it's everything's in easter eggs like that's really fun to do as a kid like you would sometimes if you're lucky and you were easter egg hunting get those dollar bills in those those easter eggs um so just food for thought obviously having a a little one both of the grandparents gave him a little easter basket this year so it was top of mind and i wanted something a little bit more lighthearted as we dive into uh the darkness that is the portland trailblazers a team that finished 33 and 49 in the nba this year they secured the fifth best lottery odds Heading into the draft lottery, which is about 30 to 35 days away, uh, they believe they have a 42% chance of jumping into the top four. They have a 10.5% chance of landing Victor Wembanyama with the number one draft pick. So there is a there is hope. There is legitimate hope. And there are a lot of there are a lot of discourse. There's a lot of discourse around this franchise after they, you know 
ended up tanking for the second consecutive season. I, I do. I know you're not as excited to record this episode as maybe I am. Um, I, I would say I agree with that in a way because it, it does feel a bit like Groundhog's Day in, in Rip City. Because, Sage, after that Western Conference Finals run, you know, that was just four years ago. Like, we're riding high off of that Western Conference Finals run. You smoke OKC in five. You wave them off the court. You go into Denver. You shut them down on their home court in game seven. And you you make the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2000. It's really been nothing but downhill since that spring. The spring of 2019 has been all downhill for the Portland Trailblazers. If you want to look back just statistically, like that's not just anecdotally, it's not subjective. Objectively, it has gone downhill for the Portland Trailblazers. Now, keep in mind, there was a pandemic shortened season and also extended season in 2020. They only played 72 games in 2021. Um, and due to state regulations, Blazers were not able to have home fans really until the postseason. But these are the facts of the matter. The Blazers over the past four years are 137 and 173. To make that a little bit more digestible, that's a 44% win percentage. And if they were to play 82 games, they would be on pace to win 36 games. That that's right in the middle of the lottery for four consecutive years. If you take a, a four-year average, they've been over 500 just one time in those four years. Terry Stotts last season when they went 42 and 30 in that 72-game uh, shortened season. Almost a little bit more shocking has been just the deterioration of the home record. Again, I did not count the pandemic season. I did not count the the 72 game season because fans weren't allowed. So these past two seasons, Sage, the Blazers went 17 and 24 each of the past two seasons. That That is just a travesty. That, that is abysmal. They won one home game after the all-star break this year. And Dame had to put up 71 against a team that was lower than them in the NBA standings. And of course, the, the biggest issue, and I think maybe the, Biggest culprit for why Terry Stotts was let go was the defense. Well, it hasn't improved, Sage, since that 2019 season. The Blazers' defensive rating has increasingly gotten worse year after year after year after year. What does all of this mean? What is the point I'm leading to is what are we doing here in Portland, Sage? Like, I feel like every single offseason we sit here and we ask the same questions. Are you going to choose a direction? Are you going to try to win with Dame? Can you win with Dame? Are, is, is the asset pool so depleted that that makes that possible? Is the archetype of Damian Lillard uh, sustainable to build a championship contender around? Should you just cut the cord and rebuild? You and I both were ready to cut that cord after 2021, right? It was time for Terry Stotts to move on. We wanted to move on from that small backcourt. And when you see Damian Lillard put up 55 points, and you lose to a Denver Nuggets team missing their starting backcourt, and you lose in six games, it kind of felt like it was time to break up the band and really just, just tear it down. Well, instead of doing that, they've done what they've done over the past four years. Let's try and, and, and fix the defense. Let's give up two first-round picks for Robert Covington. Let's go ahead and let's give a first-round pick that's still in Chicago's hands for Larry Nance Jr., and he's not really even doing much for the New Orleans Pelicans. 
at this point either. I don't think anybody would offer up a first round pick for Larry Nance Jr. right now. So not only are you in no better shape, your draft capital has been completely depleted. Yeah. And had the Blazers not drafted Shade and Sharp, uh, Sage, wh- where would we be in, in a futures, like in a futures power ranking without Shade and Sharp? Portland's got to be bottom five when you factor in an aging superstar, no other blue chip prospects, and you don't even control your own draft capital uh, through 2028. Like th- There are some massive red flags. There's plenty of blame to go around, whether it's from the top at the Vulcans to Neil O'Shea. Uh, to maybe even Damian Lillard himself. Um, There has just been so much that has gone wrong for the Blazers that it's, it's tiresome at this point. Now the media, the, 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 the the other thing that's piling on, I think is the mainstream media has now, they they see blood in the water. In New Orleans, basically. Yeah. They're, they're like sharks. They see the blood in the water Mm -hmm. and Damian Lillard is that next superstar that they are, Every talking head wants to have a a comment, have a think piece and an opinion on what what they should do. It was Anthony Davis in New Orleans. It was Carmelo Anthony in Denver, Dwight Howard in Orlando, Mm -hmm. uh, Paul George in in Indiana. Like you name it. Now it is is Damian Lillard. And you can start to see it's a little bit of Zion again in New Orleans. And you've got Luka Doncic in the horizon in Dallas. But right now the sights are set on Dame. Uh, It's it's low hanging fruit and, and they are piling on. And you're just getting that same narrative, that same discourse where Dame needs to leave. Dame says, I want to stay. And you just, if if you want to follow along or participate in any sort of conversation, you're having to like weed through the same swamp and marsh year after year. And now it's just ad nauseum to where it's like, I, I want to, you know, read about what the Blazers could do with this off season or think about other things, but it's just the same bickering and back and forth. And, and it's, It's too much. And I understand that's probably why you're like, why do we have to record this episode? And it's like, well, I, th- I think we need to do an offseason preview. But like this really needs to be the last time, like the really, really, really like the Blazers have to have a come to Jesus moment with Damian Lillard, where if you don't think you can put together a package to get a top 10 player and you're not giving you're not mortgaging the future. You have to say, Dame, are you cool with us drafting Jairus Walker at five and, you know, re-signing Jeremy Grant and maybe moving Ant for a piece that works a little bit better? You would start alongside Shaden, et cetera, et cetera. Are you cool with that? Or do you want to bounce? You know, Dame has said, like, he doesn't have the appetite to add another 19-year-old. You know, he did make the caveat that Shaden's different. Shaden has been fantastic. Uh, if you want to read that full quote, it is out there. Uh, Damian Lillard's uh, media bil- availability after... Uh, the loss against Golden State, it's out there, right? They need to have a, a big boy conversation with with one another because the relationship, in my opinion, between Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, it's stale. And I, you don't want it to borderline on toxic. And, and what I mean by that is I look at CJ McCollum and it was time for CJ to go, right? We, we loved CJ. He was a great player. Uh, and a great person. And he did a lot for the community on and off the court. But if he were to have stayed in Portland Sage, and we would have continued to have the the small backcourt and the same problems, inadvertently, CJ, you start to have a sour taste in your mouth about CJ McCollum. 
and you I don't mean, bro, want that because he, people were t- blaming him way before blaming Nurkic. Like it's it's the it's the it's the same shit. Like what we're seeing now. I remember a podcast where we were talking about how CJ's fucking up. It's the same. It's the same and conversation you, you we're having with Yusuf. You want to have good. You want to have the good memories of the player, yeah. and I think by cutting ties when they did preserves that. Like I have CJ stuff in my blazer room, and I look at that, and I think of those memories fondly. The the block against Murray, the thirty point uh, piece in Game Seven. Like he scored fifty in thir- three quarters. Like all those memories are still good. I fear that if the Blazers and Dame hang on together, together uh, with each other too long and it's just kind of straddling this rebuild and reload line that you're going to start to have a little bit of ill will. Um, and I I think it's heading down that path where it's just like, oh, Dame was great, but like we never won with him. I, I think if you make the move and say, thank you for everything, Dame, go win your ring, go compete. Then you can start to look back, back, man, we had Dame was awesome. Like that's the best blazer of all time. The greatest ambassador. Do you remember mm-hmm. when he scored 71? Like, you left with these fresh memories of something good, but these past two years, it has stunk like rotten fish and everybody associated with the trailblazers can't get that stink off of them fair or not. That's just what it is. If you are associated with the blazers during 2021, 2022, and now 2022, 2023, there's some stink on you say you just can't get off. And you don't want that to be the lasting legacy of one of the greatest players in franchise history. And so they really need to decide what they want to do and whether you agree with what they want to do is, is a whole different course of, uh, of an episode, which we can dive into. Um, clearly I, I don't want any part of pushing in five first round picks and prospects and cap space and you, you name it to be left with Damon ask Alcee Occam or someone like that. And you, you're just not going to make a difference, right? I, I personally, that's just what I don't want. Some people may want that. People definitely to, want that. Yeah. I'm I think there's a loyalty tell... to Dame that because of how great he is, people are going to blame everybody else that has any luck standing with the Blazers. Like if Yusuf Nurkic stays on this team, He's going to get it for the next however long he's on the team before we, but he, we could trade him next year. So it, like, yeah, he's available to be on the team for three years, but he's not, you he know, we could trade him. Contract. But like, I think fans will try their best to place blame on somebody else to avoid having Dame be the the person that's they're blaming. So they're gonna they're going to dismantle. Nurk, and then they'll go to Ant, and then they'll go to somebody else. I agree that we should make a decision. I don't think we do. It it that is a lot of balls to make that decision, and I don't think the Blazers have shown. You think Dame will blink first, or do you think neither team? I think I, that, I think, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a KG situation. Well, that, I mean, they made the decision sooner or later with that, but th- but then. You know, there was all that, like, Glenn Taylor made it so KG didn't feel welcome and all that stuff. Like, I, I think that we're going to hold on to him for too long. And then I feel like we should have done a full rebuild a few years ago, but we pushed in those chips and those dra- trade assets. So there was so that there's only one possible thing. I don't I don't if we trade Dame. 
you know, the value of our franchise goes down so, so much. So I don't, I, we need new ownership before we can make that decision of Damian Lillard. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think Dame may retire by the time players have new ownership. Like I, I, I think, I think Dame will blink first, right? I think, I think Cronin will do due diligence, but I do think there is a bit of a, there was a lot of uh, lip service being said in those exit interviews. I think a lot of deflection, like they, they, they deflected a lot. Like Chauncey was guarded a lot from those comments. Um, and a lot of the blame was placed, placed on the youth. And, you know, I, I think it was Sheriff of Portland on Twitter that was like, the youth didn't build you 20 point leads. Uh, didn't blow those 20 point leads. Like you had those double digit leads. Portland was the team that blew the most double digit leads in the entire NBA last year. So more accountability really needs to be from that front office and, and the coaching staff. But again, it felt when I was listening to Cronin speak, it was the same stuff they said at the trade deadline, right? We want to build for Dame. Yes, yes, yes. But the actions are speaking louder than words. And I, I think they're trying to mitigate a PR nightmare, so, so to speak. I think that's really what they're trying to do here. It's a little bit disingenuous to do this offseason preview and we're not going to dive completely into it until you know the results of the draft lottery you get one that changes everything you get two it becomes really spicy in terms of what you want to do i think two is the biggest hot button um debate right if portland gets two then it really becomes damn or scoot right like that that's what it would boil down to uh if they move up or move down likely maybe move that pick and see what you can get or they can just really be enamored with a prospect and say dame we want to go rebuild mode like we teams are just asking too much for, for prospects right or for for players right now you look at yeah. what cleveland had to give up for donovan i mean god look at what rudy gobert uh, gave up for, for rudy gobert like that is too much and i was thinking about this before we recorded this episode in Dame mentioned in his ex interviews, there are quote unquote needle movers that want to come to Portland. I would take that with a grain of salt in, in this context. Dame probably thought Jeremy Grant was a needle mover just because he played with well, him on didn't Team he USA. Want AG and Jeremy Grant, those were the two requests that he had. Yeah. So Jer- Jeremy Grant is a fourth option. Jeremy Grant is not a, a needle mover. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, let's say Pascal Siakam wants to come to Portland. A player of his caliber, you give up two maximum two first round picks for. Kevin Durant is different. You give up four yeah. for Kevin Durant. Three is you just you just don't do three because a team's not a team who has Kevin Durant's not going to accept three, and you don't want to pay three for a player like Siakam, Ananobi, uh, etc. But like, let, let's just... be real, three isn't enough. Drew Holiday got three and three pick swaps, so it, it could be six. And I would argue that Drew Holiday as a player is not worth it, but because they won a title because yeah, they had totally. Jonas, it 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 benefited. That was the one. But even then, that was like he was I the missing consider, piece. There's yeah, no I would, missing I would consider piece. that an overpay. Like you overpaid, it, it paid off, but you paid top of the line for for that uh, for that piece. And when you have GMs who know your business, they know you're desperate to add a second star, they're going to basically war profiteer for you. Like they are going to price gouge the absolute hell out of you. 
and get the most that they can in return for, for their disgruntled star because they know you want to pair something with your potentially disgruntled star. I, here's the thing about Dame and his personality. I, I just don't see him wanting to leave ever because of the loyalty. The loyalty. No, factor. I don't. So I don't think Dame wants to leave. I don't necessarily want to trade him. Like in an ideal world, if we could keep him and he was cool with us, like let's say we pick at five. I know the statistics say we're not going to pick at five, but because we have the fifth best chances, let's sit there. I would want to pick at five and I want to rebuild. If Dame wants to be that veteran presence and continue to try to win with the roster that has been dealt, I would be completely on board with that just because we're continuing to add young talent. I know Dame doesn't want that. And I think he has every right to not want that. He has every right to be selfish. But what Joe Cronin has to understand is there's the Portland Trailblazers' best interest and Damian Lillard's best interest. And that's the thing that I think people have a have issue with i think a lot of people would rather focus on dame than the franchise itself i think dame in a lot of ways outshines the franchise and like you've seen it on twitter where there's like there's talk about winning for dame and then the next day shout out to you peter um they realize you know what i'm a i i care more about dame than i did the franchise so I yeah, think it's like, that's do you, where the... do you root for the front of the jersey or the back? Yeah. That's what it comes. So, like, I, I think that's where people, a lot of people have this interest. Like, you and I have been in it. Nobody in the world has actually done what you and I have done with covering and talking about this team for this long, this consistently. So, you and I have had this this weird process where you and I have to think about the front instead of the back because Damian Lillard is eventually going to retire unless the NBA collapses. The Portland trailblazers are going to stand strong and be the, you know, at least hopefully one of the teams of the Pacific Northwest, hopefully Seattle gets the second. So you and I have to think of it as the, the team versus day, like instead of the, the back of the Jersey, we're thinking about the front. I mean, I've been a fan before Dame long before Dame. And I have enjoyed the Damian Lillard era as well. And I will be a fan after the Damian Lillard era. I I think there needs to be, like I said, just a a closure. I think fans need closure. Dame needs closure. This organization needs closure. Like it's a relationship that has gone stale. I don't want it to get toxic to where it's a KG Glenn Taylor situation where he doesn't feel like he can return. Um, you don't want that at all. But if you hang on to something that's not working for too long, it's only going to go one way, and that is south. There has to be some sort of resolution where it can be an amicable split. And I don't know who's going to blink first. There are so many factors. I mean, I I feel horrible even wanting to move on from Dame because of he's got his family here. He he has he's grown roots like this is his team this is his franchise he's loyal he's the greatest ambassador he has actually wanted to be a blazer and not many stars have wanted to be a portland trailblazer but again i go back to what the blazers have done for the past this is going into offseason number five they are so much farther away from winning a, a 
to getting to the conference finals than they were four or five years ago. And you look at everything that Neil Olshay did that just, I mean, you're, you're just seeing the ramifications of those decisions. You know, Joe Cronin is trying to build that asset bank back up, but Sage, when you're starting, you know, way, way, way before like in a relay race and you have to wait like 15, 20 seconds behind, you know, the, the first year you're, you're starting blocks are so far behind everyone else. It takes so long and so much energy to catch up that by the time you do, it, it might just be too late and you're not really operating on Lillard time at, at this point. So it's it's just, it's a shitty situation. I just happen to think, you know, I, I've just seen the writing on the wall. Like, and I've accepted the fact that this team's not going to contend with Dame. I mean, it's, and when I, when I said earlier, like that Dame deserves some of the blame, it's not like direct blame, right? It's just a product of the situation. Like he, he signed the max contract that was offered to him. Great for him to sign that. But when you've got 50 to $60 million tied up into one player, that's over almost half the cap. That is a very hard thing to build around. When you also have a score first point guard who gets his and that's how he operates best and he may be the one of the greatest scoring point guards of all time that is a hard archetype to build around right it's hard to build around point guards like outside of centers in the modern nba it is really the, the point guard is the hardest position to build a championship contender around and steph curry i think is the exception not the rule because of his insane ability to play off the ball and that system that they play in where they share the ball it's almost like watching a modern day 77 Trailblazers. The way they share the ball, they know each other, the the, the instincts in, in their just anticipation, like just how they sh- move the ball. Even in that finale was, you know, obviously I'm not a Warrior fan, but it was it was beautiful basketball. And that's that is the only way that that works. Like it just when you have a point guard as your best player and who isn't a solid defender. It's it's just difficult. Like NBA throughout history has been dominated by six six to six ten wings that can play both ways. You go back through the, you know the modern NBA. That's just what it is. I think uh, so. It's just hard. You just like, have to build perfectly, and you know the Warriors were built perfectly too. Perfectly, Clay Thompson is a perfect shooting guard. But for I Steph mean, like Curry. Draymond is a perfect defensive player of the year hall of famer to play in the front court we just never had the capabilities of building a perfect team for one reason or another i don't blame dame i blame neil o'shea for a lot of the decision points like trading you know two picks for a guy that isn't starting now like we just like we just it's possible to win with damian lillard i don't want anyone to think it's not but you have to be perfect like every team that's competing for a chip, team building was perfect. So there's a lot of luck. I would and say we like just it's never gave the, ourselves the luck. It's Dame the GM that kind of irks me a bit. Like LeBron kind of tries to middle in with the the roster. If they traded the farm for Westbrook and look what that happened for them. Michael Jordan's a literal bad GM as a former player. Like Dame just keeps mentioning, oh, I want these players and that players, and just like, dude, I would much rather have Jalen Duran than Jeremy Grant right now. And that was the pick. Detroit moved to New York that they got from Portland. They took Jalen Duran. Like instead, we're stuck with a player who's an unrestricted free agent who's going to command 25 to 30 million to grab four rebounds a night. Like it's just as your power forward. As and I know that that 
Dame has these players that he prefers to play with. And if it ends up that that's the influence that Joe takes, yeah, I'm going to be upset with Dame because that's not in the best interest of my franchise. And I, I just, I don't want to spend a whole heaping amount of assets for Jared Vanderbilt and OG Ananobi and, and all of these and Lou Dort. I mean, just the, the Damian well, let's Lowe. be real about where we are with what we have. If Oklahoma City wants any of those guys, they're going to beat us. So how are we going to get these guys? Like we, we have to negatively affect ourselves by trading the hope that they accept the Knicks pick for, you know, the, the, what Chicago gets from that trade. So it's, it's a lot. I don't even see it being possible for us to get an OG or a Pascal Siakam. Cause if new Orleans wants them, he gets them. If Oklahoma city wants them, they get them. Like there's so many teams with that, that traded their superstar got picks and now have the ability to overpay in trades. We don't have that over. We do not have that uh, ability to overpay on trades anymore. We lost that ability for a very long time to overpay for trades. So I just don't see like if any other, t- if the only way we get that player is if no one else wants them. And what do you, why do you want something that nobody else that's a professional wants? Yeah. It's tough. So again, I wanted just to make that clear, like love Dame think he's fantastic. It's just, I don't want it to get to a point where Dame says, you get the number one pick, you better trade it. Otherwise I'm going to leave. And they're like, Oh, okay. We, we want to keep Dame. Like that would make me absolutely that would be hilariously incompetent. That would make me so, but that, that's the fear of myself as a blazer fan is that I, 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 I do think they, there is some I level of I, incompetence in the front office. I think Dame, I, I know that the blazers need to have a conversation, but I think Dame needs to know what he wants. What does he want in his latter part of his career this is going to be his last real contract what does he want what if he wants to compete make that decision if he's cool with being the veteran that never got a chance on a team that's should be rebuilding let us know but he needs to, to make that decision of i mean i, what I does think he, he want. did i mean he has an exit interview he says i want to win now so let the they need to they need to work together and win now. I just don't think the Blazers are in a position to win now. They that's lost exactly that. right. It's it's a relationship where both parties maybe want the same thing, but maybe you don't have the budget to do it. Right? Like, mm-hmm. let's say you're you're married and like one person really wants a house, and the other person's like, "Oh, I'd love to, but we can't. We can't afford it right now. We we need X. What we need food. We need the housing market sucks. All this yeah, shit like, like the, the housing market sucks. Inflation. You know, interest rates." Yada yada yada. Like I just I feel like they're not on the same page in terms of what each can bring to the table. Dame can bring together first team all NBA caliber basketball. We saw that this year. He was fantastic. The Blazers can't bring another co-star alongside just because they don't have the budget for it. It may be on the menu, but they they're like, oh, my credit card's maxed out. Like mm-hmm. I shade has. It either ha- like if Dame wants to compete with here, Shaden has to take the biggest second year step ever. And I don't think that that is a fair thing to put on a teenager. He can't buy alcohol yet. Like, so we're are we really trying to put the pressure of 
a million Blazer fans on his back to develop that quickly. I think that's that's where if Dame wants to compete, it has to be Shaden and hopefully Jarris Walker or whoever we draft is good. Like we just, also how if we pay Jeremy Grant, how are we going to afford that 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 star that we mortgage the future for? I mean, not when you're paying a, like forty plus million for Amphrey and, and Nurk. Yeah, like, yeah, it's. And how are we going to have depth in an eighty-two game season if we do? Like, like, are you guys cool with all these fucking G League players filling out your roster? Then that's like the Blazers team with Mo Williams being the only good bench player. It's it's a difficult situation, and I would say like. I, I I just I don't want the fruits of this tanking to go for not and like it was a shitty year it, it wasn't fun except for watching Shaden play you knew from the jump like after as soon as teams kind of like caught up to us like I felt like the season was over when they lost those two games in Oklahoma City when it felt like they were chasing Lillard's scoring record rather than winning the game and then they had that stretch of 10 games of the of 11 at home and then went five and six. And then the real dagger, I think, for the team was Embiid hitting that game winner in Philly after they kind of went all in to try and win that game. And Philly played like dog shit and still ended up beating them. It was like, oh, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. So then you just put out bad basketball for two months and you tank. That's exactly what they did. And I, I agree with what they did. But I don't want the fruits of that labor to go for not like let's draft somebody and develop them like it would suck if we move that pick for just another role player in an effort to do something that I don't think is attainable or possible. Some other people may say, Dustin, I think we can do it. And that's fine. I'm not here to tell anybody how to be a fan. That's not what we do with the Holy Backboard. This is just our opinions you know, talking shop about the Portland Trailblazers and our favorite basketball team. I personally would hate to see two years of tanking and you just have one prospect. Like you need to build up your prospect pool. Like I'm interested in winning five to seven years from now, because I think that's most attainable, right? You start to shed some of your contracts, you start to develop your blue chip talent and you get your draft capital back up. Like I look at it this way, Sage, in the moment, we absolutely obliterated and embarrassed the Oklahoma City Thunder four years ago when Dame walked them off the court, waved them off the court. I wouldn't trade that moment for the world in terms of basketball. That was probably the best moment I've ex- I've experienced. It is quite interesting to look back and say, I think Oklahoma City is in a much better spot four years later after being embarrassed than we are, right? Paul George dipped. They were forced to make that trade and I got Shea Gilgis and a buttload of picks. They fleeced the Rockets for Chris Paul trading West Russell Westbrook. Then they fleeced the Phoenix Suns and got uh, Chris Paul to Phoenix. And then they just, now their young talent core is just disgustingly good. They're in the play-in tonight, taking on the Pelicans. I mean, they just, they, 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 they understood what they had to do. Like they, they saw the writing on the wall, right? They're like, oh, PG wants out. Okay, like then we have to tear it down. And I think the difference is Portland is either unwilling to tear it down without some pushback from Dame and Oklahoma City got that pushback from from Mm -hmm. Paul George. Um, 
So I, I feel like OG and Anobi is the 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 trade partner of the moment for the Blazers, right? Like people are talking about how to get OG, right? Yes. How let's say Chris Murray Murray is there with the Knicks pick. How different, really? If we develop Chris Murray, how different is he than OG Anobi? Like both are good defenders, both have Chris Chris might have a better three point shot. Like there, there's super role players in this draft at 24 or wherever the Knicks are, wherever they finish. There's super role players there. So I'm just picking one randomly. Like if we develop them, Chris Murray could be OG Ananobi, and it's not that crazy. I mean, the, the, my biggest beef with like a player like OG Ananobi is. And he's hurt all the fucking time. One is the asking cost. You never want to deal with Masai Ujiri. He's just one of the best GMs in the game. He, if you're dealing with him, you have to kind of ask yourself, why? What does he want from me? Uh, and then kind of, you know, get in your corner with your blanket and just hope for the best. Because, uh, like, you don't want to be on the other side of a Masai Ujiri trade. Um, but then you mentioned it. He is always hurt. Since the pandemic season of 2020, 2021, plays 43 of 72. Last year, plays 48 of 82. And this year, he played 67 of 82. Uh, he's turning Has 26 he ever years. had a healthy season? His rookie year, he played 74 games. And he was raw. He was a raw player then. So couldn't you see the same thing for Keegan? Or not Keegan. Chris Murray? Chris Murray, uh, Rayan Rupert, uh, a French player who's been compared yeah. to Mikhail Bridges. Like The thing about role players. Terrence Shannon can be OG Ananobi, goddammit. And he's a second rounder. You never want to trade for a role player who has quote-unquote peak value. Because one, they're you're paying the most price for them, literally and figuratively, like whatever you have to give up to get them. But also, he's going to get another massive contract. And then you're going to have to add that to Ant and Nurk and Jeremy, Jeremy. and Dave. Dave. <laughs> and then pretty sure Shaden's going to need to get paid. I mean, it's just, it's so And Nasir so still has a contract to be paid. Like, I mean, thankfully, they got Nasir for the bargain. He's locked up for like three or four years. But it's still not like, it's still something. You still have to. It just reminds me of Robert Covington all over. Like I know mm-hmm. he's a better player than Robert Covington, but like looking back, two first for for Rocco, and he's not even getting run for the Clippers now. Like mm-hmm. just a complete drop off, a really bad evaluation of talent and and asset management by by the Blazers. And I just feel like it would be the same thing. Like I wouldn't pay more than one first round pick for OG Ananobi, and some people are going to call that crazy, but you don't pay more than two first round picks for a role player. Like he is a good player. He is not an all-star player. No, he'll never be an all-star player. Right? So he'll I never think be. The Blazers adopted. have to be. This offseason will be defined as success if the Blazers negotiate and bargain wisely. They don't overpay. You cannot overpay. You ha- if if you get a good deal, if somebody's like, we'll give you a good deal for Jalen Brown or, or whoever, take the deal. Don't overpay because you don't have the assets to overpay. You don't have an embarrassment of riches like the Pelicans or Thunder or the Jazz where you've got picks. Yeah, you can overpay a bit because you've got much more back in, in you know, the 
the, the war chest. Like you're Scrooge McDuck, you know, just swimming in your gold coins. You've got plenty of those things to go around. Blazers don't. Blazers have a finite amount of, 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 of gold we coins. We live in a studio apartment as the Portland Trail Blazers. We are not in the penthouse. We have our whatsoever. heat controlled by the super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in like a, the, the. We don't have AC, we barely have heat. We have too many fridges, not one regular fridge. Like we're we're barely getting by here, right? Like you can't afford just to go up into, you know. When we go vacation, we are in a college rental for sure. <laughs> I've been we I've, the the Lee family has been searching for vacation rental. We are looking at the college, like we are bringing our own linens to this vacation for sure, bro. Uh, but yeah, like it, it 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 sucks. It sucks when the the realization of where we are affects the perception of what we can do. Like with 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 the you know the people that root for this team is like we could we can get Pascal Siakam. Like well, what picks, my guy? <laughs> well, even if you get him, Sage Pascal and Jeremy's a terrible front court pairing. Pascal, Yusuf, and Jeremy. That's not good. Where's the spacing? Yeah, who's guarding the small forwards? Also, Dame is not giving up the fucking ball. He is not giving up the fuck ball. Where does Pascal do this best work? It, the ball is in his fucking hands doing a 360, like doing that spin move over and over and over. Nurk so, needs the ball in his hands. Like that, that's exactly Ant like, needs I, the ball in his hands. Jeremy, Jeremy's going to hate life if we get Pascal. So yeah, he's yeah. the fifth option and never touching the ball. And that's the only play he he provides value is the ball in his hands so we also have to yeah we also have to think about like usage on the court like wouldn't it be better for dame if we had taylor hendricks who won't have a high usage rate for the next few years so he can so dame can do what he's best at i think if we got pascal skakum it hurts dame because he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much Yeah, the Blazers are in a, a weird conundrum right now, and it's I think it's going to be a uh, it's almost like a, a battle of who's going to blink first. Um, I hope we that, blink relatively soon because I know again it's Groundhog Day because we said this last year. Everyone's like, "Oh, they're going to trade the pick." Dame doesn't Dame doesn't want to stomach a rebuild. What did we do? We drafted Shaden, which was fucking awesome, and then we tanked again. And we're hearing that the same the same story. So I, I I don't know what's going to happen. I thought Dame was going to ask out in 2021. He didn't. He kind of thought, okay, he'll give Chauncey a chance after 2022. He did. And then here we are, 2023. Billups hasn't been able to coach his way out of a paper bag. And, and they're old. You hear the comments from like Ant and Nurk and Jeremy. And they're like, yeah, I think he's developing. He's He's on the right path. I'm like... The goal is to win with Damian Lillard and you brought a rookie head coach in who is quote unquote still developing. Like that that's oh, the disconnect yeah, right he has there. No he had no experience, that right? Right there yeah. is the disconnect. Why are you bringing in an unproven general? Yeah. Who just has no track record of working with this type of archetype. Like Dame is a fabulous player, but it is a difficult archetype to win around. Because you're not getting everybody else involved. You need Dame to get himself involved, and then it can kind of free flow off of that. You need an innovative mind offensively. You need someone who is going to at least get you to a top 15 defense. 
And you just go out and get this unproven head coach who really struggles with the X and O's. And I think Chauncey's only, I, I think, redeeming quality is he gets unproven players to play hard for him. He has not gotten through to those veterans. But, but has not, unproven not players have to play hard. He did not get through to Norm Powell. He did not get through to Rocco. Uh, those guys are safe. Trenton Watford for the longest time was not safe. Drew Eubanks for the longest time was not safe. So, of course, they're going to play hard. And then, you know, like I talk about Charles Lee, but he was an assistant coach. For, he helped with Trey Young's development. He helped with Giannis's development. Like, you see, he has a history. So, like, to go from dude who worked on TNT, had like one year with the Clippers, the most talented team full of toys where you can do all of your weird your weird strategies and it works because they have like two of the best wings ever a depth chart that's unbelievably skilled like and then you go to a team with restrictions everywhere it's not the same that training's not the same at all yeah so i i think there's just a it's kind of a a mess over at one center court and I don't know if we will clean up any of that mess. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if our dirty laundry is going to get aired out. Um, at least we're not the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, that that was nice. Uh, at least we're not the Dallas Mavericks. But uh, it's it's not looking good in Portland unless the draft lottery gods smiled down upon us. And we'll know more in, I believe, May 16th, May 17th, when the draft lottery happens. Um, getting Wimpanyama could force... Portland's hand and say, Dame, we're going down this route. Yes or no, like really yes or no. And then they can go from there again, getting the number two pick. They could decide we cannot pass on scoot Dame. Yes or no. And then obviously just getting number five and maybe shopping it and saying, here's the best we can do, or we don't feel comfortable moving this pick. We really like X player Dame. Yes or no. Like they really need to communicate with one another and Dame's going to have his best interest in hand. Joe Cronin needs to have the Blazers' best interest in mind because it, yeah, we're the Portland Trailblazers, not the Damian Lillards and four yeah, others, and that's, or you know, twelve that's others. <laughs> when, when, when Dame's out there saying, "Hey, get me help," that that's fine, but you know, I I want to be able to watch basketball after Dame retires too, and I, I don't oh, want to be I just don't want to be the Brooklyn did. Nets after that KG yeah, trade, yeah. right? Like where there's there's nothing to watch. You don't have any draft picks. You can't tank because you don't want the Boston Celtics to get your draft picks. So you're just really middling with, with on that treadmill of mediocrity. It's I, I feel like we've kicked the can down the road for fucking five, six years. It's time to stop kicking the can down the road, and make a decision. But I mean, there's there's still there's still you're still on that road kicking the can. You can still do it, and I think the Blazers are going to still do it until there's absolutely nothing left and they have to do something yeah i i just uh it'll be an interesting postseason i'm personally hoping that philadelphia continues to win i, I don't want to empty the whatever it would take to get mb because i i don't know a dame mb grant pairing is enough with no depth like i don't think defensively that team's going to be strong enough to win and I'm hoping Boston wins too. Like, I don't want any part of Jalen Brown on an unrestricted contract next year. Like, uh, 
that's that that's that's ridiculously scary. Like Jake Fisher mentioned that on Twitter. I uh, was like, that's one of the guys on quote unquote Dame's list. I'm like, Jalen Brown doesn't make any sense. You have Jerome Shaden. He put up 24, six and four over the last 10 games. And also I have a, like, he may have his reasons and they may be extremely valuable from the outside looking in when you are a player on a NBA championship contender, a large role an all-star and you're still seemingly unhappy like that. I would want to know why <laughs> and like, would you be happy here? Because I don't think we can provide better scenario or system. I feel uh, like Jalen Brown needs to be in a blacker city too. White ass Portland with all of the stuff that he does with, you know, black lives matter. I don't think this is this. Like if he had the choice, he would not come to Portland. I'm sorry. So I don't know who the like Kevin Love would come to Portland, I guess. Like, but he's old and doesn't play more than like 10 minutes a game. Like, you know, so I've seen names like Jimmy Butler thrown out there again. I think the gas tank is pretty much empty on Jimmy Buckets, and at this he's point. been injured more than fucking OG Anubi. Have you seen how many games he was out for a fucking toe? Like, it's so like the names that are out there just basketball I, again, in the regular I, season, bro. I just I don't. I don't think it's possible. I, I hate to say it, but like, it's just, it's not like, let's just rebuild and reload. Like, look how exciting the Oklahoma city thunder are. Like watch them tonight. Like they built through the draft because nobody's going to go to fucking Oklahoma city and free agency. And they have a, just a pile of picks. They can draft the archetypes they want. If they, if they don't get lucky in the lottery, they have enough picks to go out and get the person they want. Cause they can trade up. Like I don't like the Thunder. I don't like, the, yeah, I don't like the Thunder any more than any other Blazer fan does. But like they have done it the right way, and now they're the Utah Jazz are another example of doing it the right way. Like they saw the ceiling with Gobert and Mitchell, and they cashed out. Right, they cashed out. I I just I don't want to look back in five years and say we should have cashed out. It's like when you're playing blackjack and you're you're riding high. And you're like, ooh, should we double down here? Should I go all in? And <laughs> you you bust. Uh, Probably thinking on that plane ride home, I should have just cashed out. Yeah, like mm-hmm. because I don't even know if you could call the AD trade a, a, a success for the Lakers because you know they want to. I they want to ship, man. It's small asterisks. I I I would put a small they, asterisk. I mean, they sure, got three months of rest. They, ha- they have a AD. trophy. They have a trophy, and we they we got three months of rest for an aging core. I think completely benefited. Them. They didn't have to go on the road. Whoever had won that title, I think there's a small asterisk there. Okay, you can whatever. They are in a horrible position moving forward, though. Right, like, and every other team that acquires these stars, it jury is out on Phoenix. Phoenix could could buck that trend with with Kevin Durant, but you look at. The Knicks getting mellow, the Lakers getting Nash and Dwight Howard. Um, Paul George to the Clippers has not worked out. Um, I mean, just all of these big deals. And, and the one that did work out, Kawhi going to Toronto because they only had to give up two play. They didn't give a bunch of a bunch of assets. They got Kawhi for two guys. Yeah, he dipped after one year, but they got it. They got it. They got it, yeah. Right? Uh, you look at the Nets. Going all in for for James Harden that backfired. <laughs> well, well I, I, Dallas I going all in for Kyrie hot. that backfired. Like you have, it's it's so easy to say we have to go all in, Sage. But history tells us 
it doesn't usually work out. And we just think about our history too, though, bro. We have a history with with Neil O'Shea and of trading in all those chips and betting. It, they they had a they had a ten and a six in blackjack and went all in. Like that that history is gonna affect us until we're we we hit the job and got our our rent money back. You know what I mean? Like. It, it it we're in a tough spot. I think the only real way to build is efficiently by developing talent and drafting well. And we brought in the draft guru of draft gurus for a reason, right? And uh, you don't think, think he has push, ideas if, of what the top five? They're they're taking Victor Wembanyama, right? Mike Schmitz called him the greatest prospect yeah. he's ever scouted. I mentioned. I think we get the that- second pick, bud. What? I think we I I remember when I was teasing Anise by saying that we were drafting Scoot and trading yeah. for Jarris. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, I that would be the most interesting You god, Scoot's so good. You have to Yeah. I mean, it it depends on if if you can just give up the two and Nurk, right? Let's just say two and Nurk for salary purposes and you get a legit top 15 player. I could bite it depends I on the player, but I could bite. You're keeping Shaden. I, I think the draft lottery will give Portland so much more clarity, right? In an ideal world, you you land number one, you get Victor, and you say, Dame, this guy is generational. Ride along with us. You're, we're going to compete. Like, we're going to have you, Shaden, Jeremy, Victor, whoever you get for Ant and Nurk. Like, that's a legit seating in the Western Conference if, if Wemby is as good as advertised. And by all accounts just health permitting he is going to be that dude and that's that's my ideal offseason i don't want to get to a point where it's just like oh we're trading dame for pennies on the dollar or we're going all in on a player who's not going to make a bit of a difference and now you're just kind of stuck in the mud but the draft lottery will provide some clarity for the blazers um it's unlikely they pick at five they could move into the top four. Somebody could jump them. They could pick six, seven, eight, or nine. Um, for them to pick five, the draft lottery would have to go basically par for the course of mm-hmm. the five. Nobody yep. would be able to jump. Portland, Portland would not jump into the top four. And those top four teams would just be seated however they were selected. So they, they probably won't pick five. Um, we just use that number because of that's where they're currently slated right now. Um but getting number one or number two just accelerates everything for Portland. It's almost like you're back in 2007 when you have a Brandon Roy type of prospect mm-hmm. and you kind of feel that way with Shaden a little bit. And can, I, like, can oh. I be? Can I tell you something? If we get Scoot, Shaden's not number one anymore. Scoot's Scoot Scoot's number one. No, no. I, you know what? After we do the Duke. Let's do a scoot. Let's do scoot and then when we scoot. No, I like scoot. Shane's that guy though. Uh, No, scoot. Scoot's better. Scoot's better now and in the future. Okay. I mean, I would love to be able to debate that. (laughs) Let's let's see if that can happen, and that would be a an interesting conversation. Um, I think a worst case scenario off season is the Blazers decide they want to run it back with ant at the two and they choose ant over Shaden and they use Shaden as their, as their bait. 
with the pick and that that would kind of get me to really tap out for this team for a long time. Like I just, I have no desire to watch that type of basketball. Shaden brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, he may not be the best player in the league, but yes, good is. fuck. I love watching that kid play. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love watching him play. You, you can see the, the progression. I mean, there was so much high praise for him and it does give me um, more hope that they are, definitely going to keep him this offseason because you you look at Joe Cronin like call shade better than OG yeah he calls Shaden out for uh one of the best things they've done this year this year was adding Shaden Sharp I legitimately think he's the second best player on the team had they given him a larger role it would have been more uh obvious Uh, you just watch how he moves without the ball his his defensive instincts Uh, he just there's just something that he has that you can't teach. And he's only been playing basketball really since he's been like a sophomore, junior year in high mm-hmm. school. Um, got a lot of, a lot of basketball left. Like there was a play in the Clipper game where uh, I think it was Skylar Mays through the lob. It was a little too high, but I mean, had he caught it, it, it would have broke the internet. Like it was that type of lob. And he, he just like too bad. Hot, top shot wasn't popular. What now? I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually happy because I would have probably spent. Oh, you would have on, on that. But I, I think love, my last like, top shot thing was buying an AJ Griffin Ricky. When you watch <laughs> the broadcast and you're just like, you can even sense the excitement in Lamar Hurd. He's like, oh, we got action. And it gets like five seconds before that we know it's coming. Like Shaden is coming. And it's just, it's so fun to watch him play. So really just, just keep Shaden and I will tune in. And I, I hope we have another prospect to play alongside of him. Uh, if it I would still love to see a Dame Shaden backcourt. We only got to see that for one game this year. And that was that jazz victory. Um, you I love think Shade that, more than Kirk. What's that? <laughs> Do you love him more than the Tampa, uh, the uh, Toronto? Oh, it's it's not <laughs> even a debate. Okay. Like, yeah, not even Shaden is like my that that's my guy right now. Like, and it's it's fun watching other non Blazer fans take notice. I watch a ton of YouTube content on Shaden and and getting their opinions outside. Like, obviously, I'm biased. I wear rose colored glasses, especially when it comes to sharp, but seeing other people start to see the same things that I do. It's like, okay, I'm not crazy like this. This kid is a monster and he's only scratching the, the surface, you know, really ready to explode. Um, and so if you do get a chance, watch the Blazers docuseries. They just released episode seven reflections, a lot of good content with Shaden, especially have Dame speaks about Shaden and how he's kind of showing him the ropes. That's one of the reasons why I want to keep Dame and I want to watch Dame and Shaden play together because I think he can take Shaden's game to the next level. I, I do liken it to a a Duncan Kawhi Leonard relationship mm-hmm. where it's a passing of the torch and you're able to have a smooth transition. But I understand if Dame if Portland lands the sixth pick and he's like, guys, I I need to go and move on. I would understand that. Um, I would also understand if Portland's like, we need to cash out, and I think that's a, a, another viable scenario might be the the right scenario might be the difficult scenario to do but it might be the right decision to make so you know there's going to be a lot of feelings and sentimental things that that go on this offseason and before we wrap it up I want to tell a story that you were texting me yesterday and I was telling you about how ranch pizza probably not the best pizza I've had but it's my favorite pizza and you're like, there's the spinach pie in Providence. I don't know if it's good anymore. Maybe it's just the nostalgia talking, but I love it. And it just really struck a chord with me because we're just like, we're also attached to Dame, like in all of the nostalgia that he has brought for us 
and that the memories that he has made that you kind of get blinded by the fact that it's probably not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. That he makes all these quotes and comments about wanting to have that pra- parade down Broadway. And then those fans like latch onto those and can envision that happening. And you just, you yearn for it. And it's that kind of that nostalgia mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. dripping into the back. That's that's just serotonin, right? It's right to your brain. And you're just like, yes, I, I need it. I need it. I need it. But when you kind of remove it and you're like, really, was that spinach pie really th- th- so good? Like, and you start to really think about it and just like, you're not sure. And I kind of feel that way with this era maybe coming to a close. It's like, we, we've we had our moments, but is this really, can you make it happen? I, I don't think so with the assets. Again, I think the multitude of the blame needs to fall on um, the ownership and Neil Olshay. Um, that's that's where I've landed. You, you said it best, Sage. We failed Damian Lillard. Let's not fail Shaden Sharp. And hopefully Scoot Henderson. Victor Wimbanyama. I can't dude, I, I we're not that lucky. We're we're not that lucky. Let, let, let let's just be happy with the generation. I'm just trying blanket. to speak it into existence, my guy. <laughs> we would be the Green Bay Packers of point guards, whereas two shitty Green Bay Packers have shitty dudes, but they're generational guys. Our guys are good guys, but to go from Dame to Scoot would be pretty awesome. Okay, real quick before we wrap it up. Give me a, a handful of players you would feel comfortable trading the number two pick and, and just salary filler for. Like Dame wants to win now. They get the two picks. Like, yes, Dame. Here's the list of five guys we can get. Give me some guys that you would be comfortable with. Shade and Sting, by the way. So you got your two garden. Like, dog, I value him so high that it Luca, I guess. Like J- uh, Jason Tatum, that level. I'm not trading him for Jalen Brown. No, I agree. I think Tatum level. I wouldn't do Luca because Luca is not really working with Kyrie, and it would just kind of cancel each other out. But yeah, I, I think it's Jokic, it's that Giannis, level of awesome. Jok- yeah, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum. You, you need first team All NBA type, not just yeah. All-NBA. You're like cream of the crop type of players. Um, because in any other draft, Henderson would probably go number one. Like that's how the side. We we yeah. we would be fucking raising the ground he walks on if this was a normal draft. Now I look crazy saying that he's the best prospect since Derrick Rose. <laughs> like, but I I truly think that he's better as a prospect than Derrick. So yeah, I I th- I think that those two franchise changers are are worth making Dame uncomfortable because we're, we're we're if if we get scoot i'm sorry Dame, you can be uncomfortable we're we got the- we got to go scoot and shaden like it's got to be you got to yeah. usher in the new yeah. era yeah. yeah that's what i said it's going to be it could be some uncomfortable conversations but some necessary conversations might need uh to happen it's it just it's just unfortunate that we're even having to discuss this when you've got a player of his caliber in his prime wanting to be here and we just kind of can't make it work without completely i think destroying the future of of the franchise and uh there has to be a talk about wants and needs between us and and dame yeah yeah i I completely agree and we will be we'll be back (laughs) we're here friday Friday content there's really nothing else to talk about in terms of the blazers until that draft lottery uh takes place 
Um, it would just be talking around in circles for the same thing we've already discussed for for this this hour. Um, I, I mean, else? for me, talking draft is fun. This isn't fun. I know people feel safe. Like this is safety to people hearing us talk about the same shit, but it's not fun. What's fun is thinking about potential. Like it's it's not fun being par- paranoid the Blazers are going to trade Shaden Sharp in an attempt to get to the second round of the playoffs. That's not fun. I don't yeah. I don't like thinking about it, let alone talking about it. So if this stuff makes like I know people have told me that they don't listen to the Future Fridays, but they'll listen to this, and that's fine. There's a safety in us talking about shit people know, but. Give the future Fridays a chance. We actually do research. This I've I like this is all reactionary. Like everything we I've said is reactionary. I haven't planned shit. Like, but like the future Fridays, I actually work hard and watch games and figure out like comps and stuff, even though I don't like that. <laughs> but so tune into the future Fridays. We'll be back doing the Blazers stuff. We'll have to do one after the draft lottery. But I don't imagine us doing another one until then. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for dedicating an hour to talk about something that isn't fun. Peace out, everybody. We love you. And peace. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go! Let's go!